Welcome to Deeper Walks on the Trail podcast. You are on the trail with father-daughter duo Marcus and Stephanie Warner. I'm Stephanie, and I'll be talking with my father, Dr. Marcus Warner, as we discuss topics that help you stay on the trail to a deeper walk with God. Episode 34, we're continuing our discussion of connecting with people with the tool VCR. Hello, my father. Hello, daughter. Good to be with you in your home turf here in Kentucky. Indeed. It's always a delight to have you and mom in my my space, in my area, and I can take you to my favorite places here. And Yeah, for those of you who can't, who can't see this beautiful picture, she's got a, a, a lovely princess couch that she's sitting on. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, and uh, a bookshelf full of of novels, and uh, yes. and then next to it is all these really deep biblical studies books, right? Which uh, you're starting to have a better library than me. This is impressive. Yes, depending on which bookshelf you're looking at, you might you might think, oh man, all she cares about is this because that whole bookshelf is full of that topic or yeah. that fiction or whatever. But yeah, I have many bookshelves. I am very blessed, and this couch was a gift from. It was a hand me down. From one of my aunts. And yes, I'm very blessed. It's very fun. And yes, thank you for being here. So today we are talking about an important tool that um, I'm looking forward to getting into what it is and what it isn't, and also some stories maybe of, of when you've used it. So this tool, um, it is not for watching videotapes. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, That'll make more sense when you hear the tool, right? It is, you know, it's VCR. So Yeah, so uh, you know, VCR, I'm trying to remember you were a little little kid when those things uh I remember VCRs. Yeah. I remember winding back, you know, cassette yeah. cassettes and No, I remember when you were uh little uh mom and I would uh have a date nights and we would go get um, uh, VHS tapes from mm-hmm. the grocery store and give a couple of them to the babysitter. And, and uh, yeah, it's been a long time since that was a thing. Yeah. Or having to sit and like rewind it for. Yeah. Yes. I, 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 I said the wrong word. I also remember cassette tapes, but yes, VHS, VHS tapes. Wow. Words. Anyway, VCR, the tool is all about. Is validate comfort recover. So mm-hmm. this is a, a tool. I first learned about this tool uh, when I was uh, in Colorado, and Brent and I were in a car ride with uh, Jim Wilder and his wife Kitty, who's since passed. And uh, we were just, you know, looking at the mountains and having a good time together. Uh, but I asked him a question about something, and he told me about an organization that was called, I believe it was called VCR or something along those lines. And the idea was that they would, you would call in for help, and they would have two people on the on the phones. One person, their only job was to validate the emotions they were hearing from you, and the other person, their only job was to offer comfort. And what they found was even people who had zero skill at validating and comforting themselves so that they could recover from their upsetting emotions. After a month to two months of doing this, we're beginning to develop the skill for themselves. And within three months, most of the people didn't have to call back anymore because they were had developed this internal capacity to validate their own emotions, comfort themselves, and uh, recover or what we might call return to joy. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a really helpful tool for both being able to to work yourself through an issue and you can, you know, recognize what emotions you're feeling and yeah, work. Yeah. 
take yourself through VCR and also um, relationally with other people and not just through counseling, but also um, in day-to-day relationships. I know it can be really helpful. So let's, let's dig into, actually, before we dig into that, could, could you give us just one quick story of like a time when you used it? Well, you know, your mom would say that validation, learning about validation was like the most important tool in our marriage <laughs> history, right? That we, uh, um, because when you validate emotions, it makes the other person feel seen and heard. And the goal when you're trying to validate somebody's emotion is to get them nodding their head and going, yes, that's how I feel. Yes, you're correct. That is that is what's going on right now. One of the things I learned about it was that they don't have to be completely uh you don't have to agree that they should be feeling that and that's not the point you're just acknowledging that this is their starting point where they're at Mm -hmm. so um we do it all the time so i'm I'm, you know when when stories the one that comes to my mind if you're if you're searching for a story is um uh when when you're on a live radio program and you'll write vcr at the top of the page so that you'll remember (laughs) yeah no i remember the first time i was in uh on a national radio program doing live call-in with uh, – uh, I, I wrote, yeah, VCR at the top of the notepad just to remind myself, before you start solving the problems these people bring up on the on live radio, validate the emotion that you're hearing first. So I remember one lady called, and we were on a spiritual warfare topic, and I had said something to the uh, about spirit guides. And this person was like, well, spirit guides are good. You know, I've got spirit guides, you know, they're really helpful. And so, uh, you know, the temptation is just go, no, spirit guides are demons. And there's only one spirit guide, the Holy Spirit. But I remember you validate first. And I said, well, it sounds like you're very spiritual, that spiritual things are really important to you, that uh, this this means a lot to you, and that uh, you found a, a lot of comfort from this, right? And so her thing, like, yeah, this is, you know, she's going, yeah, it's been a very comforting thing. I said, so then now that she feels seen, now we can go to... But from a biblical perspective, there's really only one, you know, spirit guide. And so that was the direction it went. And and it was a very helpful tool uh, to be able to do that. In fact, I got feedback afterwards that um, they were like, wow, you really handled these colors really well. And that was kind of the secret sauce behind what was going on VCR. Very good. All right. So yeah, let's now with that kind of complete picture in our head, let's um, dig into validation. So um, what it is, what it isn't. So like you said, you don't, you don't have to believe the emotion is like, you don't have to believe that the person should be feeling that emotion in order to validate it. Yeah. So another example of this parents and kids, right? We do this all the time. So if your child comes uh, in and they just stumbled and fell and they're, they think they're dying, right? Ah, my world's falling apart. You don't have to agree like, oh no, you're dying. You early, you know, your world's about to end. You don't have to agree with all of that in order to go, wow, that must be really painful. This has got to be really scary. And all and they're like, yeah, painful and scary. And the goal is to get them nodding their heads and going, yes, you see me, you you're correct. Mm-hmm. So that's is where it starts. And every parent kind of knows this that you can't uh, uh uh you're not always going to agree that they should be feeling this way. Like it's it, Parents with teenage kids they, they, they sometimes get hung up on this. It's like, why are they such drama queens? Why are they such drama kings? You know, why, why are they? And and they're 
And so they want to just shoot down the emotion or they want to shoot, fix the problem really quickly. And what we're saying is take the time to validate the emotion and let them know, okay, this is how, this is what you're feeling. You're feeling betrayed. You're feeling, you know, uh, like this is hopeless. You're feeling absolute despair and and like it's really this big and you're doing it in a very non-sarcastic way, right? Mm -hmm. You're, you're saying this is, am I correct? Right. So we tell people validation really has two core elements to it. You have to accurately name the emotion they're feeling and you have to accurately name how big it is. So again, I think about conversations you'll see in movies and TV shows between parents and their teenage kids where, you know, and they sometimes miss, miss completely what, where they're, where they're at. And a, a kid will be feeling despair and fear. And they'll say, why are you so angry? And I was like, well, that's not validating if you misidentify the emotion. Um, also, if you say, why are you so angry when they're just a little bit miffed, that's not validating the, the emotion. Mm-hmm. You have to be correct on what the emotion is and how big it is. And it gets a little more complicated when you think that sometimes people can feeling, be feeling a mix of emotions, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, you're a little bit angry here, aren't you? You're, but you're also feeling some shame, I think. Is that, am I right on that? And so you're, you're pushing in. So, so this can be a conversation as well as you're trying to make sure that you're pushing into understanding what exactly the emotional state they're in is. Yeah. And, and you really are, you are... You are not telling somebody what they are feeling. You are <laughs> figuring out what they're feeling. You're right. not, yeah, you're not imposing an emotion on someone. Exactly. And, and that's why the goal is to, um, to to try to figure out what, in fact, they are feeling. Mm-hmm. So, you're, listening, you're listening to them for their emotions yeah. and not first for their problems, but you first listen for the emotion. So in the book I wrote with Chris Corsi, The Four Habits of Joy-Filled Marriages, we have plan, right? Play together, listen for emotion, appreciate, nurture rhythm. And the A, the L there is listen for emotion. And we talk about this in, uh, a little bit more extensively there. And it's this idea that most of us listen for problems. And as soon as we hear the problem, we quit listening and we kind of tune them out until they stop talking and we can fix their problem. And uh, I find that people make, if when they're not validating, they make one of two mistakes and they either only listen for problems or they lead with their own emotions instead of taking the time to validate the other person's emotion. So for example, if I'm leading with my own emotion, I'm like, you are making me so angry right now, or don't you see what you're doing to me? Or don't you see how this is affecting me? And especially when parents do that to little kids, it's, you know, it's, it's really bad because it's teaching the child that you need to parent me in my upsetting emotion, not I need to parent you in your upset emotion. Mm-hmm. And so it's very important that we start uh, with validation and that becomes a habit in the way that we interact with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well and and what what you were describing feels like you're uh, somebody needs validated but instead you're jumping to demanding that they validate you even when they're in the position where yeah. <laughs> no, and I see parents do this with their even little kids. You know, it's like you're going to make me mad or don't you see what this is, you know, doing? Don't you see the problem you're causing for your brother or your sister? Don't you see? And they start with the problem, they start with somebody else's emotions, they start with their own emotions instead of saying, "You're really upset about this, aren't you?" Mm-hmm. right? And getting them and connecting with where they are at in their emotion right now. Yeah. 
So once we get that order correct, um, it is good then to not just leave it with validation, but that we can move to comforting and that can look a variety of different ways. But why don't you describe what we mean when we say comfort? So comforting has three three parts to it. And uh, comforting, the big idea here is we want to make a take a big problem and make it smaller or take a big emotion and make it more manageable. So how do we, either way, we're trying to make something smaller. So the first way that strategy for doing this is to tell people what isn't true or what isn't going to happen. Like, don't worry, this is not the end of the world. You know, don't worry, I've been through this before. This isn't gonna, you know, you know you're not gonna lose your friendship. You're not gonna lose this, whatever it is that's going on. You tell them this isn't gonna happen. And by doing that, you are kind of chipping away from the top down and making this thing smaller. Mm-hmm. And and I will just interrupt there to say, um, like we said before with the validation, like if they're if they're not feeling a huge emotion and you try to say, why are you so mad? You know, the same is involved in, you know, if somebody's not already thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to die, then you're not going to say, don't worry, you're not going to die because their brain wasn't even there, but maybe now it is. So. <laughs> yeah, right. So yeah, you're you're trying to meet them in uh, what what is overwhelming them right now. Yeah, so once you have accurately identified the level, then you can meet at that level and make it smaller. Yeah, exactly. And you also have to be accurate about what's not going to happen. Yes, yes. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't say, well, this isn't going to happen. If actually, maybe it will. Yeah. But. So, uh, but that's one one strategy for how do you comfort and how do you make this thing smaller. Mm-hmm. Well, and that would be a perspective a, a perspective strategy, which is 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 a type of changing the perspective. Which is actually strategy number two is change the perspective, and that is so you're looking at it this way. This is the lens through which you're seeing it. But what if we looked at it from this angle, or what if we looked at it through this lens, and what you know. Have you thought about it this way? And offering somebody a different perspective can sometimes change the the whole thing. And uh, I, I, I classically think of a guy who was, um, I can't remember if it was a train or an airplane, honestly, in the story, but he was behind somebody whose kids were just acting up and disrupting all of the passengers who were trying to have a quiet flight or quiet train ride. And the uh, And he finally said, why don't you keep your kids under control? And the guy was like, what? And then he noticed that they were out of control. He said, oh, I'm so sorry. You'll have to forgive me. I'm I, We're flying home from my wife's funeral, right? Now, all of a sudden, you got a whole new perspective on what's going on. And sometimes helping people, whatever that might be, is like changing their perspective can, can just change their whole attitude towards something. And all of a sudden, it's a whole lot smaller than it did a minute ago. So the first one is what's not going to happen. Second one is just let's look at this from a different angle altogether. And then the third strategy for making the problem smaller and comforting someone is to help them develop a manageable plan, mm-hmm. right? And a manageable plan is not three phases, seven parts, whatever. It's like, it can be as little as one step. Um, it could be two or three steps usually at the most. And so, again, you think about uh, a parent with kids is... Classically, a kid comes in from playing and somebody hurt their feelings or they got hurt or they're in some big emotion. It's like, ah, you know, my life is ending. I hate all of this. I don't want to ever do this again. And what do you do as a parent? So you start like, okay, let's start by validating the emotion. Okay, I see how big this is. I see how overwhelming it is. And you get into the point and the goal is to get them like, yes, that is what is going on. I said, okay, so... Well, don't worry. I'm sure that uh, eventually this is going to get fixed. Here's some ways we can look at it. What if we look at it from here? What if we? And then eventually you get to the point where you're saying things like, "So, do you think you're okay to go, you know, back outside and play?" 
And they might go, no, that's too much. I said, well, do you think you're okay? You could go color uh, in your color book for a little bit. And they go, yeah, I could do that. Well, at that point, they have recovered, right? They have gotten to the point not where they're all better and everything's all better, but they can function. They are back within their capacity. You have managed to make this smaller. The for problem them. isn't fixed, but the but you have recovered <laughs> from the big emotion. You have returned to joy enough to be right yourself. So there's a lot of terms for this, you know, in the various literature. Win, uh, window of tolerance, I think, is Daniel Siegel's term for this. And it's the idea that when you're overwhelmed, you're outside of the window of what you can tolerate. And so what you're trying to do by validating and comforting is making this fit back into that window again where, okay, I am not overwhelmed by this. I can actually take the next step and be okay here. Um, the uh, that's, that's the whole idea behind BCR, though. Awesome. And, and I know we've, we've talked about, or not here, but I, in all of that literature, um, sometimes it's VCR is recover. Sometimes it's repattern. Sometimes it's return to joy. You know what? Yeah. Um, we have changed it in different books, depending on the uh, topic or the audience. But, and the idea here is, um, uh, for instance, in, in rare leadership, we call it repatterning. And the idea is that the more times that we valid go through the process of validation and comforting, our brains learn a new pattern of how to handle the emotion and how to handle this. And we are retraining our brain to quiet more quickly from this particular upset. And so there is a new pattern being developed. So, so we call it repatterning. Um, and other times it's just recover in the sense of, okay, I am recovery means I'm back within my window of tolerance. I'm back within my capacity to handle what's going on here and to do some and be productive. Um, and part of that, yeah. and part of the repatterning, would also feed into that return to joy language because what you're doing as you're training yourself to to do the VCR with each emotion, you're building that joy pathway. Yeah. So VCR is the classic pathway for how do I return to joy from something that is upsetting, and by return to joy, what we're talking about from a neuroscience perspective is how do I go from operating in the lower parts of my brain that while it's in a cramp, how do I get uncramped and get back to having a whole brain function and back to the higher levels of my brain where my joy center is. And so that we talk about return to joy because it is returning to um, the ability for my joy center to be in control of what's going on and uh, not shut down. Will this look different for different age groups? Yeah, it looks different for different age groups, uh, though the process is the same. Right, so the VCR part doesn't change, but uh, one of the things that's happening is that as a parent, I have to do this for my infant level children, and then I am training my child level kids how to do this for themselves. And by the time they're adults, I may just have to remind them or coach them through it a little bit, but I'm not. Uh, and so I'll still do this, right? Your whole life, you do this, and. What happens is a lot of people do this without even realizing they're doing it because they've just kind of developed that skill through the years. So it this doesn't have to be rote, like a rote thing, like I got to make sure I do step one, step two, step three every time, and you're consciously thinking about it. But if you don't have the skill, then that's what you need to do. You need to consciously think about this while you're developing that habit until it just automatically comes out without you really even thinking about it. Mm -hmm. Well, and sometimes I'm just thinking about, you know, in, in the context of connecting with people, you know, sometimes VCR can look very, in function, it can be very counsel -y. 
kind of feeling and sometimes that's okay and but sometimes you can do it just naturally without um without turning it turning it into a sit-down session of like let me listen to your you know emotions or whatever you can do it more on the fly as yeah just making sure that you know you're you're actively listening for emotions and addressing that first and it doesn't have to be a there are non-verbal validations yeah right and i didn't spell this out initially i probably should have but it's like sometimes you just have to make eye contact with somebody to and they feel validated. Yeah, you can't see us right now, but we're doing. Right, we're that. yeah, we're like making <laughs> eye contact, nodding, like yeah, I get you, I see you, right? That's there are nonverbal ways to validate people, and that communicates a lot. And so yeah, it doesn't always have to be this formal thing. The other thing is it can be very quick. I do a lot of like corporate leadership training things, and I tell people there said you you're not here to be a counselor to somebody, but we still use VCR in the corporate setting. And the validation of a person's emotion can be a 30-second process, but that 30 seconds is going to save you hours or days or weeks on the other end if you if somebody leaves feeling like you don't get it, you don't care, you don't see what's going on. So spend the 30 seconds to a minute to validate before you go into the problem-solving part of it. So people um, don't think you're just saying, shut up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. You're stupid. Here's how I can fix your problem. You know, but people feel cared about and seen. And Exactly. It's so just the order is important and making sure that you get it in there at some level uh, will make the rest of it go much better. Mm -hmm. Do you want to circle back again while we're on validation to talking about left brain emotions and how you can't validate them? <laughs> sure. <laughs> left brain emotions and how you can't validate them. All right. So uh, the so the right hemisphere is like its own engine and the left hemisphere is like its own engine. So you can picture it this way. That on the right hemisphere, the uh, the neural pathways are kind of going from the bottom to the top. And then on the left, they're going from the top back down to the bottom. So there's like this loop, bottom to top, cut over, top to bottom and out. So because of this, what's happening on the right hemisphere of the brain is all happening pre-conscious thought. Um, everything that happens in the right hemisphere of my brain is, uh, is operating before I even start thinking about it. And that's why somebody can walk into the room and you can have a reaction to their presence that you didn't talk yourself into. It just happened, right? And then it gets over to the left side of your brain. Now you put a narrative to it as to why am I feeling this way? What's going on? So just understand when we're talking about right versus left, when the right side is largely that intuitive side that is reacting based on my life training. And then the left side is where I'm putting a narrative to it. And it's where my belief system enters into the picture. So there are emotions that are generated on the right side that are just this intuitive automatic reactions. And that's actually what we're trying to validate. We're trying to validate those right hemisphere emotions. If you get to the left hemisphere, it gets harder to validate the emotion because the emotion is so tied to the narrative. And that is somebody says to you, my mother hates me, right? So how do you validate that, mm -hmm. right? It, you, it's, it's, you, you, have, you can separate out the emotion a little bit. So I can see that you're feeling really angry right now. I said, but if you say, 
yeah, you're right. Your mother hates you. You know that that you you got to be careful there. So you have to be careful that that validating um, left brain emotions is a whole lot trickier process here, because you can really only validate the anger that they're feeling or the despair that they're feeling that's on the right hemisphere of it. But if you're uh, not very careful about how you do that, you you have to end up agreeing with them. Yeah, you want and, to validate validate the emotion and not affirm the narrative. Yes, and there are people who are very manipulative and controlling about this, and they're going to, you know, get angry at you if you don't agree with their narrative. So it can be tricky, but that's why you, um, um, but that's where we get ourselves in trouble. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, so this has been a re- a really good crash course in, in VCR. Really helpful. Um, it's it's a tool we can use for ourselves and with other people. Um, next week we're going to wrap up the ABCs of bounce by looking at connecting with God. Um, but for now, are there any final thoughts or stories or anything you want to give on, on VCR? Yeah. You know, the, the classic story that always comes to my mind on VCR is, you know, the premarital counseling appointment where we had a, a <laughs> young lady and her fiance, and they were talking about their uh, argument over whether to build the house they were going to move into before the wedding or after and it was just one of those classic things where before the argument, they were holding hands, sitting close together, just oozing joy. And as this conversation went on, they stopped holding hands. They moved away from each other. The joy just left the room. And uh, so I had them practice. Just said, just listen for the emotion this time. Don't listen for the problem. And try to tell the other person what emotion that you hear them expressing. And the first time we went through it, the uh, the husband to be bless his heart, right? <laughs> he uh, he just totally missed the emotion, right? She was afraid that you know he was going to get preoccupied, and this was and it was going to diminish the the joy and the value of the wedding day itself. And um, he said, "Well, it sounds like you're angry," and I'm like. It caught me off guard. I was like, there was no anger in what she was saying. What, what I'm like, what, what I, I told him, I was like, you're either a really bad listener or you're really intuitive. <laughs> yeah. Good job, Dad. Good yeah. Job. And he said, I think I'm really intuitive. <laughs> so I'm like, all right. So where did you hear anger? And he's like, she knows she's losing this argument and she's mad. Well, that's completely reading into something going on. So I said, all right, let's try this one more time. This time, don't be quite so intuitive. You tell her what she thinks she's feeling, huh. right? And he, to his credit, he did a, a great job, hit a home run. It was like, he, he's like, she's afraid. I'm going to get so caught up in this project that uh, I, I won't be available. Well, now she's crying because she feels understood and seen. Then we flipped it around and, and asked him, and he said, uh, why, why is this so emotionally important to you to do this? And at first, he didn't think there were any emotions to it. But as they pushed in, asked a few questions, came out that he, he knew how proud of him his dad would be if he had a house built for his new wife. And now they're, everybody's crying, right? I'm crying. They're crying. And, and, and like we hadn't even gotten to the comfort part yet. But just through the validation process, everybody felt seen, they felt heard. And now all of a sudden, solving this problem became a whole lot easier. And uh, so the rest of that story is that they waited till after the wedding to build the house. And uh, they're still happily married. So, (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Well, thank you for sharing, my father. And thank you all for joining us on the trail today. Deeper Walk International is a nonprofit organization, and we partner with people like you in order to do what we do. 
Some are on the trail with us as official trailblazers who commit to donating $25 or more per month. Because of our trailblazers, we are able to provide free or discounted resources like this free podcast and our video streaming the Learning Library Basic. Also like the free January conference where John Eldridge from Wild at Heart just joined dad to speak about emotional resilience. And if you missed it, you can catch the recording at our website still. So as we close out today, we invite you to consider becoming a trailblazer. You can do this very simply by visiting our website, deeperwalkinternational.org slash trailblazers. If you want to keep going deeper with us on your walk with God, please like and subscribe to the Deeper Walk podcast and share with your friends. Thanks again. We'll see you back next week.